Josh podcast. I hope you guys are having an awesome day. I'm just sitting here sipping on some good old Georgia Southern sweet tea, making sure I wet that whistle and uh, and keep it going. I hope you guys are having, like I said, an awesome day. We are winding down to Christmas. We are getting close. It is the final countdown. It is the last hurrah. It is the let's go get in fights at the store time. Um, it is that moment when we decide that humanity is destined for the Vikings and the Spartans and the freaking wars of old to reinvent themselves. And they do it inside of fucking stores. So before we get into that, we are still looking for some sponsors, y'all. If you want to help keep us on the air and you want to sponsor the Time Out with Josh podcast, definitely hit me up on Instagram. Go ahead, throw me a message on Instagram. Be like, yo, Josh, I want to be a sponsor of your podcast. I want to sponsor you for a week. I want to sponsor you for a month, a year six months, whatever you want to do, we will work out the deets with you. We definitely want to do that. And also, if you want to be a guest on the show, hit me up. We are in the process of getting more equipment um, in into the studio. Uh, I just got done today revamping the studio. We are going to do this thing on fucking YouTube. We're going to be live on YouTube as well. We're going to be posting the podcast on YouTube and it will be a video cast. So we have been, uh, we've been working in here, getting the studio ready. That way it looks nice. It looks fresh. It looks good for you guys. Um, you guys can see this stuff going on. We'll have guests on the show when I travel and go places. I will have my equipment with me and we'll do podcasts on the road too. We will talk to those awesome fucking people you guys want to hear from on the road. And guys, we're not limited in this podcast here. You guys want to have a guest on here about paranormal stuff? Boom. You've got it. You want to have a guest about, I don't know, health stuff? Boom. You've got it. You guys want to talk about farming or hunting or fishing? Guys, you... (laughs) We're down. We're going to bring them on here. We're going to have fun. We're going to have a good time. We're working on a couple of high, high, high uh, level guests um, at this time. We're working on them to get them on the podcast as well. And we're excited to bring them on and announce them as well. So I hope you guys um, will uh, consider shooting me a message. Let me know what you think on uh, people that you want on the show and uh and we'll get them rocking and rolling for you guys so let's dive in to this podcast all right so we're gonna be talking about christmas time um and and i'm i'm gonna be a little salty just a little just a little baby salty you know the kind of salty when you when you look at your when you look at your box of craft macaroni and cheese and they say just a pinch it's going to be just 
a pinch, just a little baby pinch of salt today. So we're going to talk about this. Um, you guys know, for those of you who have listened to me long enough, for those of you who know me long enough, you know that I am not a fan of shopping. I don't like it. I, I, I despise it. I try to do as much of my shopping online. So I get like my liquid death mountain water on Amazon. I get my Zoa energy on Amazon. I get my black rifle coffee on black rifle coffee's website. I buy my clothes online. I do most everything online. The only thing I really go into the store for is like perishable groceries. That's about it. Otherwise I'm buying it online. And this is no plug to, to, you know, the Bezos family or Mr. Bezos, the rocket man himself, but that's what I do. I, I, I certainly, uh, buy online. I just, I, I don't like going in the store with people. I don't know what it is. I don't like it. Um, I, I think part to do with, with my sadistic mother that like to, uh, to like to go shopping all the time. My mom was like, and the thing is, she wasn't a shopaholic. She didn't shop for excessive crap. She just liked to go shopping. And it, and it, she was, she's one of those people that like when we went shopping and, and my mom was like, it's shopping day. Fuck. That was the only thing that came to mind. Fuck. Because this woman would start when the first store opened and would rock that shopping cart until the fucking wheels fell off of it at the end of the day. Like, you'd be past dinner time. And we're like, we're starving, Mom. She's like, I know. And then we'd go home and we'd eat dinner. Um, keep in mind, keep in mind, my, you know, I, I grew up in the era of cheap-ass fucking food. And you could get a, a bean and cheese burrito at Taco Bell for like 42 cents. And that's what we'd have for lunch to tide us over. My mom's words, not ours. We're growing children. A beef and bean burrito did one thing. It fucking hotboxed the hell out of my parents' minivan. Three on one, bitch. Like, three kids on one. And we're being fed beef and bean burritos. Or not beef and bean, cheese and bean burritos. Like, guaranteed to make it a living hell for the rest of the day in that van. It, it was just bad. And I grew up in Georgia. I grew up in the heat. And in the summertime, when my mom would sit there and she'd be like, oh, yeah, we're going to get some beef and cheese burritos to tide you over to dinner. Yeah, good luck, lady. Um, I, I don't know how you, I, I, fuck, man, I don't know how any of us survived, right? So anyway, we would start off our day. We'd go to, we'd go to the mall. We'd go to South Lake Mall area, the South Lake Mall area, um, especially when I was, around 10, 12 years old because we'd have our orthodontist appointments and stuff like that. So, um, and South Lake Mall was like the jam. This is before South Lake Mall turned into the shithole that it is now. It was the jam. You had Mervyn's, you had JCPenney, you had Target, you had Toys R Us, you had Walmart, you had Sears, Riches, uh, fuck man, like the full food court. This is a two level mall multi-level mall with all these little outcropping shopping centers and stuff like that. Kmart, everything, right? Everything is in that area. And our orthodontist was right up the road 
And uh, my mom would drop us off. At first, it was just me. And then it was me and my brother. And then it was me and my brother and my sister. She'd drop us off. She'd be like, I'll be back. And, I mean, we're well-behaved kids. But she'd take off and, like, hit, like, fucking Joann's and Michael's and stuff like that. And then come back and pick us up. And then we'd go shopping more. And it was like, dear God, can somebody freaking take us away from this situation? Like, I permanently am scarred and suffer from fucking PTSD from going to Mervyn's. And for those of you who are old enough to know what the fuck Mervyn's is, Mervyn's was Kohl's before Kohl's was ever cool. Okay? Mervyn's was Kohl's. You went to Mervyn's? Kohl's, I'm sorry, Cole family, Kohler family. You are not original. Your store is not original. Mervyn's was the shit before you existed okay Mervyn's is the OG Mervyn's is Mervyn's is the Sopranos if if the Sopranos were run by fucking actual mobsters right it is the OG shit like you gangbangers out there in the world you guys are like Coles Mervyn's is literally like Al Capone like John Dillinger the OG gangsters, right? This, Mervin's was the shit. You'd go into Mervin's and they, you'd walk in and they'd have these fucking 12 by 12 inch tile entryway and it was like this weird fucking diarrhea brown colored tile. And you'd walk in and there was carpet and the, and the ladies were there and they wore the big, huge fucking um, shoulder padded like jackets or sweaters and they would walk around and they had their name tags and you felt like you were at some sort of like high-end fucking store and they'd walk around and there was clothing fucking everywhere. There was clothing everywhere. And for those of you who did grow up in that era, please tell me that that place did, didn't have a distinct smell. And when I say distinct smell, guys, I'm talking like motherfucking distinct smell. You know what I'm talking about, right? You guys, you guys remember that smell? It was like this weird, offensive, like, I, I don't even know. I don't even know how to describe it. But it was, it was like, um, it, it, it was weird. It was like, it was like if you took cheap sheets, like bedding, bedding sheets, and you took them out of a, a package that came from fucking like Cambodia, right? And the plastic is really cheap and it had that weird of like chemical smell to it, but they were sheets. They were cotton sheets or polyester sheets or whatever, but you pulled them out, but they had the, co they had the cotton smell, but they also had this like cleaner smell to it that they, I don't know, clean the sheets with before they put them in this really like sharp smelling fucking packaging. But the whole goddamn store smelled that way. The whole store. The whole fucking store smelled that way. And it was weird. And and you had to watch out. Like if you were in the ladies section or you were in the men's section, this is back in the day when they put like 800 fucking pins, like those, you know, like push pin things or whatever they call them in sewing. But you know what I'm talking about. There are those pins that had like the little ball on the end of them that God forbid you left one of those in your fucking pants or your shirt. It was... It, it was like Satan himself was trying to give you a vaccine. Like that thing would stab the 
fuck out of you and make you scream in the middle of church. Because that's what would happen. You'd be, you'd put those clothes on, you'd be fine. Sunday morning, you wake up, you're, you're be bopping around, you put on your new dockers, and you're ready to rock and roll, and you're cool and everything like that. And then you go to church, and you just, you just happen to shift just right. And that little pin in, that was stuck in the thigh, inner thigh area of that fucking pair of pants to hold them together so that they folded nice and they looked nice sitting on the, on the display, that pin decided to make his presence known. That pin's like, hey, 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 listen here. The world is going to end for you because I am about to make your life a living hell in the middle of church with your parents sitting there and in the middle of the pastor's sermon and boink, there it goes. And you're like, Fah! and you know, you let out a scream and it's, it's just all over, right? That, ladies and gentlemen, is the worst thing ever. Worst thing ever. So, so we go into Mervyn's, right? My mom would be in there. She'd be shopping for some, I don't know, like weird 19, early nineties, whatever it is, sweater, right? You know, big print, all that kind of shit. And, and you guys know what I'm talking about. This is the kind of stuff where you, you, like, we look back at it today and like, dude, we know the 60s clothing has kind of come back. We know some of the 80s clothing has come back. We know the 90s clothing is like, fuck no. But the 70s clothing, all that stuff, just classic. You look at that like late 80s, early 90s shit. And it was like, who in their goddamn right mind thought that that was pretty? Or appealing. Or in any way flattering. That's the kind of shit my mom shot for. And guys, don't get me wrong. I love my my mother to death. Absolutely love her to death. But her sense of style in that day was, was <clears throat> suspect. Highly, highly questionable. So we're in there. And we'd run around, oh, and Upton's. Oh my God, there was Upton's too. And you'd have the same thing. Upton's, Upton's also, it, okay, so Mervyn's is, Mervyn's is the Al Capone. Upton's is the John Dillinger. And Coles, you're just a fucking regular Chicago street banger. That's all you are. Coles, you ain't OG. You ain't OG. You ain't original. Upton's and Mervyn's, those are the OGs right there. Those are the originals. Those were the starters of all this shit, right? So we'd go, we'd go into there and then we'd play hide and seek in this stuff. We'd play hide and seek because they had, you know, those circular, those big round circular racks where they have like 850,000 fucking tops hanging on this rack. And it was, you know, $12 for this blouse or $6 for this button down shirt or whatever, right? It was back when like polo and Lacoste and stuff was like hot. So we'd go in there and we'd run around and we'd play hide and seek and everything like that. And then we'd get our release a little bit and then we'd leave. And then my mom would take us to like, we'd end up going to, to some other, you know, store in the mall because those are outlying stores. We'd go to the store in the mall, like Riches. We'd proceed to do the same thing at Riches. Rest in peace, Riches. Um, I will say this, at this time of year, Riches was the shit. Riches was all the way, and the malls, the malls in general were the shit. Remember going in there and there being just absolutely elaborate Christmas setups. 
Like, you'd walk in, and, and every fucking store does this. Every mall does this. One of the two entrances, if it was a double level entrance, one of the two entrances, you'd walk in right where the makeup and the cologne and the perfume and the jewelry was. Like, you had to walk past all of that shit to get to what you wanted to. You'd have to walk past it. And not only was it offensive to the nose, from all the perfumes, like, headache offensive to the nose, but it was lit. Like, the like they were trying to, like, use searchlights in World War II to find airplanes. I mean, this thing was lit up like nobody's business. The brightest, whitest lights. Like, you need to put on sunglasses. It was bad. Literally, Stevie Wonder would be able to see if he walked into the jewelry slash perfume slash makeup section at a riches because the light was so bright. It was like the second coming of Christ. Like, oh, boom, there's your jewelry, right? So you walk in there, but they would have these Christmas trees all over the place and they have these huge gifts and these ornaments and stuff like that wrapped up. And there was usually like a Santa Claus or there was like an elf or something greeting people when they walked in. Like, they took it seriously. Like, hyper seriously, right? And it was awesome. And you felt like it was Christmas. And they were just blasting Christmas music like crazy. And you'd go in there and it was like, damn, this is Christmas. This is Christmas. And you'd walk by and you'd see all the pretty watches in there. I mean, guys, this was back in the day when a mall, like a Rich's or a Macy's or a or a, uh, you know, one of those kind of stores would, would have like three, four, five hundred $500 watches, which today would be, you know, eleven, twelve hundred dollars $1,200 watches. They took their shit serious, like real serious. And there's like couples over there at the jewelry counter looking at jewelry and, you know, one couple looking at, at engagement rings. And then there's, a, there's the, the army, the army of women dressed in like, aprons like doing people's makeup for free to get them to buy makeup and there's the teenage girls going over there to get the free makeup done that way they could get makeup done you know professionally because these guys were like these ladies were like professional artists and then over to the left hand side there was like the kids section and it had all the kids clothes and there was christmas trees all over there and then the shoe section and there's just crap tons of shoes everywhere really nice shoes all over the place and you sat there and you, 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 you were a kid and you were in the midst of Christmas. But as an adult, we look back at it and we go, fuck, man, that was awesome. And then the mall. Oh, my God, the Santa Claus at the mall. There'd be a line that was like two hours long. Wrapped around the mall waiting to see Santa. And the huge Christmas tree and the ornate Christmas decorations and the 10, 15 elves that were running around and they're you know, selling stuff. And you got the guy in the middle of the mall selling his, his sausages and his popcorn and stuff like that, like at his little stand. And it was just the smells and the, and the spice nuts that were being cooked. And he had the little, you know, the great American cookie place, like cranking out cookies, like it was nobody's business and all of that. And that, that is like the epitome of Christmas, right? Christmas lights everywhere on the outside of the mall. They decorate, they put up like the wreaths, on the on the street on the lamps all the lamps in the parking lot had wreaths on them they'd have you know the the parking lots were jammed like to the outer edge of the parking lot they're jammed with cars and there's just tons and tons and tons of people 
And everybody's saying Merry Christmas. And everybody's happy. And then, you know, my mom would, we'd leave there and then we'd go to, oh man, I'm going to throw back here. We'd go to Circuit City. That, that right there, ladies and gentlemen, that was the shit. That was where I loved to go. Because they had Nintendo and Sega Genesis and N64. Every game system was sitting there and you could demo them. Remember where the controllers were like on these little rubbery like things where they'd kind of move up and down a little bit, but you could stand there and play a game on a demo and you'd have to stand behind like the biggest kid in the whole store. who was the biggest bully in the whole store and he'd sit there and play that game for like 45 minutes and you'd get on and you'd start playing and your mom was like, we got to go. And you're like, shit, but you got to play, you know, and then you go to Toys R Us or you go to Target or you go to you know, a toy store because they had toy stores like KB Toys. Remember that in the mall? KB Toys in the mall? You go there and it's just, it was like you walked into kid heaven. It was like fucking kid heaven in there. You you walk in, it was just an explosion of every cool toy imaginable. So you had like, you're like, remember when you first walked into that place? There, there'd be like this weird like box set up right at the beginning. And it was, it had like this, um, this tray kind of thing right up on top of it. And they had like all the little animatronic, um, dogs and cats in there and monkeys or whatever that would like bounce around and, and bark and meow and, and roll over and all that kind of stuff. And you walk in and there was just, everything was in there. All the cool new toys were in there. You know, this is prior to the internet guys. This is like, you know, back in the day when you'd go through the the sears wish catalog like sears would send out their wish catalog and it had like the toys in it the christmas list catalog and it had toys and stuff in there and, it, and you'd flip through it as a kid and you'd like dog ear the pages and circle stuff so that your parents had an idea what you wanted and santa knew what you wanted and it was like yeah this is it right and then and then you walk out and you go down a little ways guys remember when they had pets they had a pet store in the mall they have like the dogs and stuff in the mall, which obviously we all know that that was not the healthiest thing. But I mean, as a kid, that was badass. You could go in there and like the pet store would have like these, this wall of like dogs and cats that you could buy. And then they'd have like a parrot or something like that hanging out just by itself. And it would be talking to people when you came in. It was just badass. And you would be, you, you would just be enamored. It was when you were a kid, you were just like, this is amazing, right? And and you could you could walk around the mall and just Christmas was everywhere. They'd hang garland from the ceilings. Like the amount of work they put in to making the mall look like a magical playground of Christmas was unreal. There'd be garland wrapped around the railings and it'd just be it'd be everywhere. Every store, people wearing Santa hats and it just it was awesome. It was awesome, right? And then you go back outside and get in the car and go to the next store. And it was just, it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. But my mom would make an unreal amount of shopping happen in a in a in a long day for us as kids. It was a long day. But if you think about the amount of stuff she got done in one day, it was incredible. And we'd spend time in traffic and, and you know, my mom, <laughs> I remember when my mom griped and complained that gas was a dollar, uh, was, was 87 cents for a gallon. 
I would stop at this Chevron gas station right next to a KFC and a, and a pizza hut and a, and a Taco Bell was on the other side. We'd stop in there and we were starving, man. You could smell the food and we we're just starving. We're hungry. And when I say starving, I mean that very loosely. We were hungry. We were going to live. It was fine. Um, but that was a thing. But then, then my mom would surprise us. My mom would surprise us every now and then. And we were in, if you guys remember this, remember Bucket? Remember the Bucket Club that Pizza Hut had? So you go in and, um, you know, you, you'd be at school or in our case, we were homeschooled. So you had um, you had the Bucket thing. And if you read a certain amount of books, then you got stars on your on your button. And on the button, they had like these these huge gargantuan fucking buttons. They were like the size of a uh, of a dessert plate. And they would give you the star on there. And once you reached a certain amount of stars, then you got a free pizza. And you got a personal pan pizza. And it was like, you got the personal pan pizza. My mom loved it because that was free. And my mom could get uh, a small pizza herself. So we could go into Pizza Hut and eat for like six bucks for the four of us to eat in there. And they had the... Uh, they had the tabletop version of Pac-Man in there and they had the jukebox and, um, you know, it, it, and pizza had, had that really dim lighting. Like it was trying to be like a Chicago style, like New York style type pizza, Italian restaurant thing. And you go in there and you sit down on the, the red vinyl, um, booths and you eat your pizza and, Yay, I did book it. And let's be real. Like, we read books to eat pizza. That's what it was. Like, my sister would read books because she liked it. My brother and I read books because we wanted pizza. And it was awesome. We would do that. And we'd and then we'd go home and we'd have to cart in, like, freaking bags and bags and bags of stuff. And and my mom was always the... She was always the, the frugal one that shopped like ridiculous sales, like stupid, ridiculous sales. She could, she could literally buy a $20 outfit and pay four bucks for it. That was my mom. That was the epitome of my mom. My dad got out of it because my dad's like, I got to work. And we didn't go shopping. We didn't go shopping except for maybe groceries. Um, with my dad, we really didn't. My dad never went shopping. Um, that was not his jam. He somehow got out of it. Like I, I very, quickly realized as I got older and then I worked in retail for a while and that's where I got a sour taste in retail where I was just like, I'm done with retail, um, was from my dad. I, it really was because I got the sour, uh, the sour taste of, of retail in my mouth from working in it and, and then remembering how my dad avoided it. But, uh, yeah, we do grocery shopping. We do it on a Sunday. Um, after church, we'd go to Kroger. Kroger grocery store right by uh, right by my parents' uh, church, and we go there and we get groceries for for Sunday dinner kind of thing and a, and a few other groceries. And my mom was my mom was notorious for cooking. And then when it came down towards the weekend when we had extra stuff, we'd have like it, it looked like a fucking restaurant because we'd have just enough leftovers for two people out of this one thing and one person out of this one thing. And we'd eat leftovers and stuff like that. She was notorious for that. She, my parents could pinch pennies really, really well. And they had to, they were a, they were a single income family and um, we were a single income family and, and they knew how to do it. I mean, my parents were very frugal people. Um, I remember when my, 
my dad bought my mom a brand spanking new vehicle for the very first time. And uh, the three of us kids were just floored. We were like, holy cow, you bought a brand new vehicle? Like, what in the world? Like, we don't even know what a new vehicle smells like. Like, we knew what used vehicles smelled like. We'd go shopping with my parents for used cars sometimes. Like, I remember um, the, the first vehicle I remember going to a lot and shopping for um, was a, a white Dodge Caravan. And um, that's what they ended up buying. And I remember going all the way up to the north side of Atlanta uh, towards the end of the year, beginning of the year, you know, they're trying to make quota thing. That's the way my dad thought about it. You know, make quota. We got to make quota. We got to, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be more likely to wheel and deal. And it's at the, at the end of the year and they want to get rid of used cars and stuff. And I remember climbing in and out of various vehicles, my parents driving them around. And obviously us kids, we were all up, um, you know, in those vehicles like monkeys and we were excited because this vehicle had like these features and stuff but they wouldn't you know they wouldn't haggle with them on that vehicle so they got it something else and we'd be upset and i remember you know the first vehicle we got in that time was a like a chrysler town and country so it was decked out right it was decked out with every freaking feature you could have like it had the the one tv monitor that popped down between the adults you know and we would sit there and we'd be like, oh my God, we want this car. And we wanted it because it had a TV in it. We could have cared less about the comfort of the vehicle or the functionality of the vehicle. It had a fucking TV in it. Um, you know, we we didn't know, like we didn't understand it. It was just the idea of it, right? The magic of being a child, the magic of, of being young and being a child and actually enjoying those things. So we had this, uh, we had the, you know, we'd, we'd shop with my dad for those type of things. And we, you know, come home on Sunday and my dad would, uh, my dad, my mom would make, uh, fried egg sandwiches. Um, uh, we called them egg cheese sandwiches. Um, and, and if you've seen me on my lives on TikTok, you'll see me cook them, but basically you deep fry an egg, you put cheese on it, you put a hamburger bun, you, you, you put a little pepper on there and some, fresh cut uh, Vidalia onions on it and just pile drive that thing with some freaking French fries. Or, you know, we would go to the Mexican restaurant or the little Italian restaurant with some friends and and enjoy that or whatever. So I digress. But going back to my mom shopping, she could squeeze a penny hard, right? And we learned a lot from that. I'm not going to lie. Like later on in life, I learned a lot from, okay, you shop sales. If it's not on sale, wait a week. It probably will be you know, use coupons, all that kind of stuff. I remember the newspaper coming and, um, every Sunday, my dad would get the newspaper delivered only on Sundays. That's the only day he wanted the newspaper was on Sundays. And it it gradually morphed into having them on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, because the Atlanta Journal Constitution made it. So you had to buy the weekend. You can just buy the Sunday paper and get it delivered, but it would show up on Sunday morning and we'd, we'd run out and grab the newspaper. If my dad hadn't done it already, and we're tearing through it to get the comics out. We wanted the, you know, the three pages, four pages, whatever it was of comics and uh, the funny papers, as my grandfather would call it. We pull those out and we would be reading them. My dad would get upset because, you know, we literally, excuse me, obliterated the newspaper before he could even see it. And uh, the, the thing was, is that we had to make sure those ads stayed in order and were stacked on a pile on the table so that when we came home from church, my mom would sit down with those things and comb those things. Like she was looking for lost treasure from a pirate. 
she figured that I, I don't know maybe one Sunday, one Sunday there would be a hidden map in those in those coupons and in those ads, and she would find lost treasure. That's the way she looked through them. I mean, she combed through those things. And then as we got older and then it became around Christmas, then the toys would show up in there and we figured that out. We figured out, oh my God, the toys are in there. And we would cut out the things that we want and we got excited about Christmas time and the toys. And it was super, super awesome to, to look through that stuff. Those are the memories that I have of shopping with my mom. Now, fast forward to a couple of days ago when I went up to Target um, I went up to Target and I went to a couple other stores because I need to get a couple of things. And, uh, and it's not the same, guys. It's not the same. You've got some, you know, people that are, you know, wearing the hats or whatever. But the, the joy, the happiness, the excitement around Christmas, it's not the same. And I and I, I I've kind of taken away from that that if I were to ever own a shop, a boutique, uh, a store, a coffee shop, uh, anything of that nature, that I would take it back to the way it was when I was a kid, where it was encouraged to wear Christmas clothing, it was encouraged to decorate like crazy, to bring that magic back, because I walked through Target. Still not wanting to shop, not liking to shop. I walked through Target with with kind of a different view. And I was like, man, like this ain't the same. Honestly, if you, if you walk through Target quickly, one, there were a lot more people there, understandably. But the other aspect was, is it, it was like the sense of magic wasn't there. And I started thinking to myself, I'm like, is that me? Is it because of me? Or is it, is it because that's the way it is? You know, am I looking over the decorations? Am I looking over that excitement? Am I looking over any of that? It, and I realized as I checked out and uh, the cashier did not say Merry Christmas. I didn't say Happy Holidays. I didn't say any of that. And I instigated. I was like, hey, you have a Merry Christmas. And the lady said, you too. Not Merry Christmas back. And I'm not faulting her. Maybe she had a bad day. But as you guys know, I will challenge you guys to say Merry Christmas to people. I will challenge you guys to smile and say hi. I will challenge you guys to do all those things because it's lost. And our society needs it more than anything. They need that experience. And like I was saying, the magic that was there and the magic that existed back when I was a kid in the 80s and the 90s, which seems like forever ago, but wasn't that long ago, existed way greater than what it does now. You know, you would see, you would see the Salvation Army guys every now and then. You know, they'd be at bigger stores. They'd be inside the mall. They'd be outside a high traffic store. It wasn't, you know, the way it is now where they're outside pretty much every retail location. But they dress like Santa. You know, and I know, I know that, 
I know that when you have a bunch of those people, you don't have Santa costumes or people don't have Santa costumes, but they still dress up like, you know, for a long time, they still dressed up, you know, on the, the apron and they had a stocking cap on and they, they were festive. But so many of them I walk by nowadays are just wearing a coat and they're just ringing a bell and they're wearing a regular stocking cap. And it's like, dude, where is your excitement? Where's this joy? Where is this excitement around Christmas? Like I'm about to be traveling and um, seeing my parents for Christmas. And, and I'm making it a point that when I go through the airport, when I engage with the flight crew, when I when I am anywhere to make it a point to say Merry Christmas and bring that magic back. Like we can do that guys. We can bring the magic back. I mean, fuck, we've got so much negativity going on in today's world that that's what we need. You know, we need that magic back. And I don't know about y'all, but I want it back. I want it back. I want it so that we can walk around and say Merry Christmas to people. Happy holidays, happy new year, those kind of things. And it not be out of the norm. That should be the norm. That should be what you experience. Yet we walk around with our heads down and frowns on our faces. And you know what? Half of this, half of this season, three quarters of this season even, is us literally being excited for each other. It's not us being excited for ourselves and the gifts that we get, but being excited for each other. And having said that, one of the things that my parents instilled in us from a very, very young age, is that we would go and help an organization. It was called Family Life Ministries. We'd help an organization in College Park, Georgia, southwest of Atlanta. And um, Family Life Ministries was uh, was an organization that was set up by a, a nice lady and her husband. She was the kind of the, the, the one that ran everything. Her husband was the support role for it. You really didn't see him very much, but you would see her. And... It was a ministry that was designed to help people that were down and out, like really on hard times, homeless or almost homeless, you know, needing food, needing clothing, things like that. And my parents would take us shopping specifically to help that organization. And we would show up with a van full and a pickup truck, my dad's truck, the truck bed full of, you know, food and clothing and stuff that we had grown out of or whatever it was, a hand-me-down stuff, whatever it was, we would show up and we would bring all of this stuff to their little office warehouse that they had where it was all organized and they had a pantry and they had a kitchen and they had a clothing closet for, for adults and for teens and then one for children. And people could come in and they could apply to be, you know, accepted into the program and they were allowed to take a certain amount of clothing and food to help their families. And my parents did that and made it such a, an integral part of our childhood that we got excited. We got excited to go help a family. We'd show up there. It was Christmas and, uh, and the lady that ran it, um, loved us as kids, loved us, like literally loved my brother, my sister, and myself. And they would have Christmas presents for us. Not as a thank you, but just purely as a Christmas present from their family to ours. And people were excited to see us come. And we were excited to be there. And we would take the better part of a whole day, a Friday or a Saturday, and we would bring that stuff up there before Christmas. And then they'd have a a Christmas banquet. And we would sit around and eat with the volunteers, um, 
and the people that help run the organization and we'd eat and we would enjoy each other's company and we'd sing Christmas songs and they'd tell funny stories and stuff like that. And they'd have special guests there of people that needed help and they would bring them in and they'd have them there. And that's what Christmas was about, y'all. And social media, as powerful as it is, and as wonderful and amazing as it is in connecting people, has also caused a disconnection in actually physically going and doing this stuff. That's why I'm a huge, huge, huge supporter of Spread the Cheer USA. SpreadTheCheerUSA.org is a great organization that's taking families under their wings at holiday times and helping take care of those families when they're in need. They show up with gifts and presents specific for those children and gift cards and, and food items and things like that to help these families out in a time of need. And I've been, I've been very lucky to be able to participate in those along with some other very amazing, huge content creators and influencers on social media very, via Instagram and TikTok. And it's amazing. And that's what I'm talking about. Like if you guys want to see an organization go out there and really help families in a huge way, Look up spreadthecheerusa.org. I'm just encouraging you to do it. It goes on throughout the year. And it's something that happens throughout the whole year where they're helping these families year round. And it's amazing. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, we, we're putting on an event in April, uh, 7th through the 9th of April, um, to raise money in Las Vegas for this. And it's going to be a huge meetup of of social media creators, big and small, zero followers up to millions of followers. And it's done to help raise money for these families. That's the magic that I'm talking about bringing it back to. Going full circle and, and talking about my mom shopping. The memories that I have from that shopping, as traumatic as some of them may be, are memories that I'll always and forever hang on to. I encourage you guys at this time of year, make lasting memories. Make memories that your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren will experience and hear about and will live in and enjoy and reminisce with. I encourage each and every one of you to do that. This is an amazing time of year. This is the time of year where we combat the negativity. We combat the, the stupidity. We combat the anger. We combat the, the bitterness, the resentment, the animosity with some of the biggest expressions of love and happiness and joy. Don't just do it for yourself. Do it for others. Do it for your legacy. Do it for all of that. I hope you guys have an absolutely outstanding Christmas. I hope you guys have the best Christmas. I hope this Christmas is better than the last and the next one is better than this one. I wish all of you joy and happiness, contentment, and all of the best wishes come true. You guys are amazing. And from those of us here at Time Out with Josh and the Time Out with Josh podcast, 
We wish you a very, very Merry Christmas. We wish you a happy holiday season. Whether you celebrate Kwanzaa or Hanukkah or Christmas or whatever you celebrate at this time of year, I wish you the best. May your dreams come true. May your wishes come true. And may you have a very Merry Christmas. Christmas.